0: It's your What's, up? What's, up? What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow.
1: This show will start. 5, 4, three, two, 1. tuned as we present to you what's up your horror your way 3.0 this frightening show the monster in the white house will haunt terrify
2: petrify you
1: hopefully you enjoy
3: the birth of a new millennium, millennium. ready to unlock the mysteries of space and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism. And most importantly, we will be protected by God. to be only America first, America
4: My name is Lisette Nunez, and I've been at Yolo for about two years. Um, my biggest fear has to be, like, animal mascots, like, from football games or those characters from Disney World. They don't, the characters themselves don't scare me. It's just the mascots, They scare me a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how to conquer this fear because I have been around them and I just freak out because, I um, don't they scare me. The name of my audio piece is called The Demon Within, and basically it's about... Uh, the demon that was in Hitler, and I went to Donald Trump, and I'm just trying to get the word out. Uh, I I did this because there has been people saying that Donald Trump might be the, like the next Hitler, because you know he wants to get rid of one specific like race, not race, but like religion, I guess you could say, and he only wants like people who are born in America to live there. That's basically what he's saying. And also there has, been this, there has been this person that interviewed people about saying quotes that Hitler said, but he told them that Donald Trump has said it, and they were all agreeing to them, and they were all surprised, and someone didn't want to believe them, like they were in denial.
5: I don't know if it's gonna work or not. In my recent trip to Germany, I've got to find myself into a heap of trouble. I've discovered something that the public should know. But the government doesn't want you to. In this document it literally states in the bunker located in Berlin, Germany, there lay the body of Adolf Hitler with a gun next to his hand and and blood oozing from his body. And an undetermined call the black smoke had come out of his body and vanished into one of the air ducts. What was that? I, I still have a whole bunch of documents with information about this strange black smoke. And short summary is that the black smoke is believed to be some sort of demon that possessed the body of Adolf Hitler. And actually, some, some have seen this demon run around. The last entry in the document shows it was last located in Queens, New York. It wasn't happening in the body of a child named Donald John Trump, the current president of the United States. Oh, no. They found me. Listen to me, please. I know this all sounds crazy, but we need to believe this. We need to come together and take up this monster that lives...
3: Wrong. The world is a mess. The world is an angry place.
6: Hello, my name is Marie. And my biggest fear is being lonely. Like, when you're a part of a group, and they don't really accept you as part of the group, that's what... Scares me because then I'm all alone, and then the loneliness loneliness just settles in. And what I kind of do to conquer it is like spend time with my friends when when I do when they're around. So usually I just hang time with them, hug them, and know that they're there because then the loneliness settles in. And the name of my audio piece is a crusty musty Cheeto puff. And it's about uh, a Crusty Musty Cheeto Puff breaking into the White House and eating the president of the United States like chips and becoming the President of the United States. And the reason why I wanted to choose to talk about that because like usually what they call Donald Trump is like is a Cheeto puff. So it'd be kinda ironic if he ate the President of the United States like a che- like a Cheeto, like chips. And I thought it would be pretty ironic. And yeah.
7: Trump Trump. is the president of the United States.
8: My name is Daniel Diaz, and my biggest fear, what I would say, falling off from anything. Well, not anything, like, from huge heights and everything. And a way that I think I could conquer it is, like, bungee jumping. I I think that's, like, the safest thing. Or parachuting, I'm not sure. Um, The name of my audio piece (laughs) that it's going to be named is A War. And it's about... Um, it's about the presidency of a new leader in this country and everyone decides to revolt on him because of how horrible he is and why he won which is really horrible about and I chose to talk about it because of what is happening right now not everyone agrees on Trump's presidency like because of racial des- stuff and whatnot. I feel that, I kind of don't like them, personally, but if you're a person that dislikes him, hates him to your guts or whatever, um, I'm not going to stand by to, like, go, hey, you, you know what, you're wrong and everything, like, just do whatever you want. I gotta run, I I gotta get away, I have to get away from that monster, the monster monster. in the White the White White House. I don't know how he became ruler of this country, but when he was in office, it was war a civil war happened in our country. It was the government against the people's rights. We knew that we had to get other countries into the war, otherwise we'll lose. It wasn't always war. First couple of months it was just riots and marches until one of the riots got out of hand. It spawned out of hand to the point where it was just war. War against us and them. Once we won, we celebrated all day. When he was defeated. But he wanted to do the impossible. (laughs) I woke up and looked around. This place seemed familiar.
9: My name is Sebastian Ramirez, and I've been in this program for uh, almost a year, and um, this is my second time being in the Your Whore, Your Way edition. One of my biggest fears is probably getting shot and killed. And I don't know how to conquer it because anybody could just get randomly shot on the streets. And it's, it's just like that. And the name of my audio piece is called The Battle of Two Morons. And it's about Trump and Kim Jong-un. Um, how they made they basically had a war and all that and a lot of people died and at the end they fight with um, two dragons and basically Kim Jong-un dies at the end. I chose to talk about this because it's been kind of like a big problem. I've been seeing it on the TV and on the news a lot that there's been like tensions between North Korea and um, the US because of nuclear warheads and all that kind of stuff.
3: Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. We must work together and confront together those who threaten us
8: President Trump today with more harsh words against North Korea, saying he is prepared to use military force if necessary. The confrontation
10: between the
3: United States and North Korea is in a more dangerous zone than at any point in decades. Each side has announced tough positions, issued threats, underscored that its positions are non-negotiable.
11: Faced with new evidence of North Korea's nuclear progress, President Trump issued this warning to Pyongyang.
3: North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. The United States has great strength and patience, but if it is forced to defend itself for its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy
9: North
12: Korea.
3: the great United States of America
8: Hello, I'm Gael Samudio and I just joined Your Story Your Way My biggest fear is death Um, I don't think that we could conquer that Um, my audio piece is about basically just a man that gets a high power and uses it to get away with things he generally couldn't get away with and i chose to talk about that because in my audio piece it's just fiction but in the real world there's a lot of examples of that it might not be like actually killing people but It's just like a violation of right just because they have a certain power. No.
13: my name is Ernesto, my biggest fear is bees. Uh, The way I would conquer it is by killing them. The name of my audio piece is The Monster in the White House. It's about a terrible man who makes the wrong choices, and what made me talk about this is just the choices that he makes that affects others, but little does he know.
3: or not. Keep it going. I think, so. I, think so. I, think so. I think so. I think so. The world is an angry place. Lots of bad things are happening. The world is as angry as you
13: one sunny day, there is many people having a normal day, but others knew what was really gonna happen. Other people knew the type of chaos was ahead of them. There is a race to become the leader of our homeland. Some people were quiet, others were just living another day. There is a man leading the race, and many people were against him. He goes by the name of Donald Trump. Donald Trump was going to separate many families. He was going to take away our hope of being successful. Being successful, being successful. He was going to take away our our opportunity in life. Why would someone do such a thing? What would he do next?
12: And now, community links high school teens' fears.
14: I'm Daniel Castaneda, and I'm 14 years old. Uh, I'm scared of uh, being forgotten. I don't know, I get kidnapped and nobody
7: cares. They don't try to look for me.
15: My name is Lubianka and I'm 14. I'm scared of bees. Because when it stings you, it hurts.
16: and I'm 14 years old. I'm scared of hospitals because when I was young, my mom would tell me that if I got hurt, I would go to like a haunted hospital where the nurse would like kill me or help me. Um, A dead nurse, she was like a ghost because she committed suicide over um, a doctor that didn't want to like love her.
1: your way 3.0
2: the monster
1: in the white house
11: lumpen radio is supported by pigeon studio a small architecture and creative services firm in chicago's bridgeport neighborhood Pigeon Studio takes a holistic approach to design projects of all scales, from graphics through renovations and new buildings. Pigeon Studio, going to the birds since 2017.
4: Do you like to laugh? Well, that sounds like a serious problem. It probably won't be helped by seeing The Comedy Butcher, the Southside's stand up showcase at the Co Prosperity Sphere. Every second Thursday, for an affordable fee, people will try to make you laugh. Like this Ha ha, ha. Listen, it's your problem, not mine. Comedy Butcher at CoPro Second Thursdays. It helps support Lumpen Radio.
11: Lumpin' Radio is sponsored by Mars Community Brewing, makers of the ill peripheral, an American pilsner with Shishandra berries and corn tea. Born of a collaboration with Fat Rice, flavors from Macau create a dry finishing beer to pair with the spicy food of this James Beard award-winning restaurant. Toasted corn tea replaces the corn used in American lagers, and the berries create a unique bitterness and fruit character. More information at marzbrewing.com. What's Mars is yours.
1: Honestly, okay? three What's up? Your boy, your way, three 0. The Monster in the White House.
17: My name is Camila. I just joined the Your Story, Your Way class. This is my first segment, Your Heart, Your Way. My biggest fear would have to be bugs. I hate bugs. Like, every time I see one, I cry. I would have to conquer the fear by probably killing it on my own instead of having my dad having to kill it. The name of my audio piece is La Vita. It's about how our community is led by this evil dictator. I chose to talk about this because the media w- likes to show our community in a negative way. And I just want to show how what the community means to us and how um, Donald Trump's decisions affect our community. La Vita. You may refer to it as the white rose in a garden full of red, the trail mix of America, the abstract painting on a white canvas, gracefully painted with the colors of our heritage your words may hurt us like the knives stabbed in our backs which we had to remove with the same hands that we picked your fruit we are targeted victims of politics for words your false claims captures us in a panorama of white power but La Villita covers them with bandages of hope the American ghost of society the economic ladder builders. Its walls cover me with our beautiful Mexican flag. Sweet and crunchy elotes cubierto de crema y queso. Makes my Mexican heart do backflips. No, we may not be the safest. We are surrounded by demons called racism, leading his army, the KKK. He sits in his leather chair, feasting upon people's poverty like popcorn while washing it down with the cries of help. categorized us as individual armies, rather than one powerful and colorful army. No, we may not be the safest. Our hearts are made out of the purest of gold. We not only build towers of hope, but bridges of healing and skyscrapers of dreaming. As far as the eye can see, the price of our love for our community is priceless. Hey, my name's
10: Cecilia. My biggest fear is definitely puppets. When I was seven years old, my dad took me to this mini puppet show that they were doing in this park. And he kind of pushed me towards the very front of the little puppet show. And the puppet just got in my face. I was petrified, I was scared. I started kicking people and I just panicked and ran out of there. I would conquer this fear by perhaps, I have no idea actually, maybe seeking a psychologist and talking about it. <laughs> the name of my audio piece is The Night It Happened, and it's about hate crimes specifically toward immigrants. It's kind of my depiction of what would happen if hate got the best of America. And I chose to talk about this topic because it can be really Horrifying for people who don't have the necessary documents to, you know, wander around this country freely without any worry that they will be deported or worse. Coming from immigrant parents, I think that this is an issue that is very real and is affecting our country, especially people in our community.
11: Welcome back I am Kelly Nelson with C-17 news as we have done for the past year after President Trump's election in 2017 today is the annual collection of all non-US citizens illegals. As we know, the sole purpose of this is to clean and maintain the safety of our great country. We advise all to not obstruct any of the federal arrests tonight and all those who are fellow citizens to take the best of precautions for tonight will be a long night for to all for for A for A for A.
8: Attention, all Attention. labels all are to be, be, turned be turned into federal, federal authorities by 7 p.m. this, this night. night. All who fail to do, do so shall be prosecuted and sentenced death. to death daily. <laughs> <laughs>
17: Citizens, thank you for extending your best of support and helping America be great again.
14: My name is Baltazar Salinas and I just joined Your Story Your Way, and this is my first time participating in Your Horror, Your Way. One of my biggest fears is not being able to fulfill my hopes and dreams that I've always had. The way I will overcome those fears is by working hard and dedicating myself to it and be able to move forward each and every day. My audio piece is about DACA and how Donald Trump is planning on taking it away. This audio piece talks about how he took it away and it gives you a sense of scariness and darkness like his shadow is right behind you like anywhere you do any decision you take he's always there to either take it away from you or make your life even worse I chose to talk about it in a form of a poem and audio pieces these audios uh, will make you feel a little scary vibe make feel make you feel tension. It will give you so much anxiety.
11: President
12: Trump is expected to end a program that protects the so-called dreamers from deportation.
0: Mr.
3: President,
0: a decision on DACA?
3: Sometime uh, today or over the weekend, we'll have a decision.
0: Would dreamers be worried?
3: We love the dreamers. We love everybody. Thank you very
18: much. Well, today, Trump announced that he was rescinding DACA, supposedly with a six-month delay to allow Congress to pass legislation to replace it. Trump's decision throws the lives of nearly 800,000 Americans who were brought here as children and who work here and go to school here into chaos.
3: I'm here today to announce that the program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded.
14: I fantasize of a free world, a world without hate, where people love each other whether they are different from one another. I believe that we are one race, the human race, where freedom is a finish line. The serial killer of dreams, thousands of youths are filled with hopes, but their dreams are being put on hold like an endless time loop. You didn't just take our future and our money, but you took away our voices and our safety. You portray us as a flaw in your grand scheme, Cross the border and back, faster than you can say, where's my liberty at? We didn't cross the border just to get sent back. We came here to live our dreams. But it's like a milestone that's something you don't want us to reach. You kill those hopes and precious dreams. Tell me, is this the American dream?
3: The world is a mess. The world is an angry
16: place. Hello, my name's Emmanuel.
1: My name is Sephora.
16: I've been in um, Your Story, Your Way for probably about three years, and same with Your horror, Your Way. I've been doing it for about three years, probably.
1: I've been in Your Story, Your Way for a little bit over a year now, and this is my second Your horror, Your Way.
16: My biggest fear or one of my fears would probably be just like in a situation like where I'm in a super tight area and I know I can't get out because I'm like kind of claustrophobic. So if I'm stuck anywhere, like I'm buried alive, I'd be terrified. Uh, I
1: don't know what my biggest fear is, but one of my fears is not having an answer when Stephanie asks me a question.
16: would I conquer it? Um there's there's no there's no way. Yeah, yeah there's no way to no conquer prescriptions for either. that. <laughs> um the name of our audio piece is twenty twenty and um it's gonna
1: it's gonna be about um
16: spirits. In spirits the in the White
1: House, um future elections.
16: But it's it has a humorous turn it's humorous. on it. Humorous The reason we chose to talk about this was well make an audio piece was because I know. It's like politics make everybody angry, so.
1: It's going to be kind of a break from that. Yeah,
16: People need to chill. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and.
1: Okay, guys, we just got a call from the White House. There's some supposed paranormal activity going on. I say we just let them die.
16: Mm Mm-mm, boy, my rent is overdue. I need this money.
1: No. Okay, so the only information we know is there's some odd noises at night and rap music, so we're going to go in at midnight. And just so you know, Nicki Minaj will be joining us.
16: Let's go. That was a little too much. Let's go. What's
19: that? Hi, you guys. Girl, you scared us.
16: Why are you late, Nikki?
1: What's that noise? For Cecilia, we have to keep moving. What's that? <gasps>
7: That's a wrap.
0: Woo! That
16: was good. That was a good audio. I love piece. the audio piece. Oh no, Stephanie, Heffany, look behind you. No!
2: Emilio and my biggest fear I think will be to lose someone because that's a fear that I have since I've been like alone all the time and being like alone it's like you need something to feel you like you're not alone or you have someone to support you I've been here from since three years ago this is my second piece or third piece I think so from the your horror, your way. And it's about Donald Trump, about like, he's describing how he is with like people and how like he takes his decisions. So it's not like an audio piece, but like a spooky sound piece. So I hope you guys like it. Doesn't care about you. you. He only cares about his money. Yeah. Yeah. He has the power all around around it. it. Yeah. If you say the that he don't like, life, he might tweet about it. About it. Yeah. There's a monster on the White House. White house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a monster. On the White House. There's a, hey. on the white yeah. house. Yeah. There's a monster on the White House. White House. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. I'm doing all these papers. Papers. Yeah. Should take a breeze. A breeze? I'm really trying of off this man. Man? I'ma beat him like a batman. Batman? Because of his tan. Tan, yeah. There's a monster on the White House. Yeah. There's a monster on the White, White House. House. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. yeah. There's a monster on the White House. Ay
17: this was your heart your way way,
1: 3.0 the monster in the white house
18: spark up your pathetic life with my lovely voice how you ask <laughs> a story yes yes a story but no no not a fairy tale not a horror not a nonfiction or a fiction not true but not fake not a story what it is it's up to you <laughs> a fairy tale a horror a non-fiction or a fiction true but fake <laughs> let's start the story Oh, but before we start, let me introduce myself. My name is Strawberry. This story I'm about to tell you is quite interesting. At least the story is. I don't like the character, Miss Pink Lady, but I do acknowledge her story. The story itself has a certain twist. I never liked this woman, Pink Lady. She's a villain, and her actions are, hmm? This may come as a surprise, but I'm a pacifist, and I hate criminals. The reason? There are people who were hurt and damaged by their actions will remember it, and are forever scarred. Because of these villains' actions, many will not forget it and never forgive it. Hmm. Why would I care? Well, do I sound that cruel? <laughs> With that, let's start. Pink lady lies on her couch, one arm and leg dangling off and her other arm on her eyes. She wears a pink sports bra and some yoga pants and no footwear. Her short red hair is splayed all around her. To me, her hair is weird. Her hair is short, 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 till it reaches to the front and then it's long. It reaches her shoulders and a little more.
19: How dreadful this world is.
18: Of course it is, Pink. You are set in 1929. Do you guys know what happened in 1929? (laughs) Are humans so dumb they can't even remember their own history? (laughs) I guess that explains why you expire at 100 or less. Alright, time for some nice history. Try to keep up, little human. The stock market crash of 1929 began around October 24th, 1929. And that was the most devastating stock market crash in the history of the United States. When taking into consideration the full extent and duration of its after effects. Do you guys know the Great Depression? Yep, that's the after. (laughs) Lucky for Pink, she has four months. Why are you laughing? Oh, look, look. Well, you can't look, but here, here. It's Miss Caro Acacia, Miss Pink's best friend and colleague for the longest time. She specializes in hiding spots and puns. Caring person, but with anger issues. How nice. I can describe her in a more proper way, but that's no fun and you wouldn't understand. I don't want to overload your tiny brain. Some of you can't even pick up a book. I'm laughing
19: because it's boring. Do you ever get so dull you want to laugh
18: at a problem? You can then stop feeling it. It's not that hard. Humans just make it hard. Okay, laugh your way
19: over here. We need to talk. Why? Why would I remove myself from the safety and comfort of my old rusty couch and go to you, a beautiful lady with a thoughts murdering me oh so you know of course i know but i choose not to acknowledge it (laughs) you better damn acknowledge it we're in hell right now and you're just here telling me that you're bored well i can kill your boredom make a party we're
18: in a deep hole pink now i see your confusion let me explain then One of the most amazing and dangerous thing in this world are pink parties. The parties are in an underground organization. Astonishing, stunning, breathtaking parties that can bankrupt any millionaire in seconds. They are the most beautiful things you will see in your life. And maybe the last thing you'll see. That's the dangerous part. It's completely random. It's random if it's your last drink of the night. Or your life. And yet people still come. Not surprising. Those invited take the risks. They're the most stunning parties in the world. So why wouldn't they? But then those that wish to come may not have a chance to drink and die. It has been five months since the last party.
19: I can't. Why not? We can't not just do the parties. The big guy is on to us, Pink. I don't know how long I can stall him. You wouldn't understand. You sound like a teenager. You're not making any sense, Pink. What the hell are you talking about? Let me ask you something. You know that I'm more intelligent than you are.
18: But not more than me. I like to say I know lots of things. More than you do. More than your mother or father. More than your brother or sister. Even your instructor. And your grandparents. Let me sing that. I'm better than you.
19: I feel a little insulted, but yes, what's the point? So in that knowledge, I can predict certain things that happen in the future, right? I don't think that's possible, but apparently I'm not smart enough to know that. What I'm trying to say is, something's gonna happen, something bad. (sighs)
18: Start explaining. Pink starts explaining the failure of the economy that will come in the following months and the fear she has for her quote-unquote family's safety. See, Pink suffers from anxiety and panic disorder, a disorder where you overreact to a situation or thought based on your current triggers, like a daily news article, and based on the current situation, she's suffering with the thought of disaster. But we can't. We can't just ignore
19: the big guy. He thinks we're making some grand, fantastic, amazing party that can kill anyone on sight by just its beauty. Wait, say that again. By just its beauty? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no. The thing before that. Amazing party that can kill anyone on sight? Oh, no. Oh,
18: no. What are the main characters planning? All right. Let's plan a party. (laughs) See you in the next chapter.
20: Hey guys, welcome to What's Up Lumpin' Radio. You're listening to WLPN 105.5 FM. Now, did you enjoy your horror, your way 3.0? I hope you enjoy all the scary stories that the students put together. Now, Halloween is a very interesting um Celebration, And it's something that happens a lot in the United States. But we're actually going to be talking about um, another celebration that is not uh, Halloween. But it also happens around this time. It's very popular. And you might see it more and more. You might even see the decorations um, in Party City. And hopefully by now you know which holiday I'm talking about. Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos is a celebration that happens on November 1st and November 2nd. And it is a Mexican celebration. However, we see that it's more and more important here in the United States. Uh, You might have seen costumes of people dressed up as sugar skulls, etc. So we're going to talk about what this celebration is and where it comes from. In my personal experience, I have actually celebrated uh, since I was uh, a very small child here in the United States, my mom would always place this altar and we would make pan de muerto. So we would hand make it and we would place it in our ofrenda to honor all our family members that had passed away. So growing up, when I went to school and I realized, like, oh, people celebrate Halloween, it was really exciting because I'm pretty sure all of you guys love candy. Uh, but it was also like strange. I realized that traditions were very different so for me Dia de los Muertos is sort of this connection with my roots with who I am and so we're going to talk a little bit about that we actually have a really special guest right here which is Karina. Um, Karina is a great individual she's also celebrated Dia de los Muertos for uh, many many years and so I'm going to talk to her about her experience how are you Karina? hi marie madam good thank you that's awesome so what can you tell me about dia de los muertos when did you start celebrating dia de los muertos and how does your family celebrate
21: i began celebrating dia de los muertos about 13 years ago and my sister and i were one of the first to begin the celebration in our in our own tradition with our own home And it began commemorating our loved ones that we had an opportunity to meet or we had very little time to be with and this was my grandma and my great grandparents so what does this mean to you the celebration it is a time where everything is changing the we live in Chicago and the leaves are changing and There's a lot of movement, a lot of um, changes in the seasons and the time, maybe mentally. And this connects to me with also the time of remembering um, those who are not with us and adapting to those changes and, and doing these traditions and stories or sharing these stories and remembering our loved ones during this moment. During this time of of change and transition,
20: that sounds really beautiful. Now, when you're remembering your loved ones, I know in Mexico it's very popular to have these installations, which they call altares or ofrendas. When you do, you make one of these installations. Yes, I actually
21: began very, very minimal. I I, I learned it. This tradition wasn't very isn't very it wasn't used in my family and so like I mentioned my sister and I began as let's make an ofrenda to remember our loved ones and it started off with with a sugar skull that that I purchased and it every year or every you know time we got together to remember our loved ones this altar this ofrenda this this um offering that we're giving our loved ones kind of evolved and grew little by little and to a little bit taller a little bit wider more objects more um things onto this this altar.
20: That's amazing. Now, uh, speaking of ofrendas, there's actually going to be an event tomorrow at the National Museum of Mexican Art which you are coordinating, karina And part of this event is making ofrendas. And so I know that you're actually in charge of reading all these proposals for ofrendas. Tell me about that experience. Yes. Um it's 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 beautiful. It's um it's beautiful and it's
21: nostalgic and it's very um it's magical really because you i I'm reading these stories and these op, um applications that we we receive and they everyone wants to you know everyone wants to remember be remembered right and so the families and the people that are participating and making these ofrendas not only want to show us how they're going to make this ofrenda, but they also want to give us a story and and share the story of maybe not just one loved one that, that they're contributing to this ofrenda with, but various people in their family. Um, one of them that really stands out to me right now is um, a love story of um, the, this these parents, um, I can't remember their names right now, but they, you know, had a very beautiful love story and like in many, you know, scenarios oftentimes when one loved one passes and their significant other you know passes away shortly after because of reasons that are may, you know maybe health reasons or maybe reasons that we really don't understand or or see um but there's definitely a lot of stories that that want to be that are you know people want to share and people want to remember and and know what how they will be remembered
20: Definitely. I think that's the core of this celebration, remembering and sharing stories. And speaking of that, guys, feel free to join us at our group chat and tell us your stories. Do you have any stories about memories of loved ones? Do you have any stories about celebrating Dia de los Muertos or learning about it? Feel free to share. We'll be more than happy uh, to talk and open a discussion. Now, Dia de los Muertos, the reason as to why... It's becoming so popular here in the United States is because of this cultural influence from Mexico uh, by people that identify as, as such. And so when you see that Dia de los Muertos is growing a lot in popularity, we see that like Party City has decorations for it, like Target or like all these other like very big companies are producing decorations for this celebration. What do you think about that?
21: It's interesting because we are often, um, you know, we're such visuals and visual learners, so many of us. And so we're we're seeing these um, images and icons. And it's important, I think it's important to reconnect to what this holiday represents. And I think that a lot of that is um, definitely the spiritual aspect of it. And something that I always connect back to is um, this, when I first learned about Dia de los Muertos and in ofrendas, I helped a woman make an ofrenda and she left me with something that really struck with me. Um, till this day, I still think about this often and I've repeated it many times and um, this was that there was three parts to our death and, and that that is that the first one is when you um when you pass right your body like physically just stops responding to to your brain to your heart to everything and the second part was when you are buried into the ground and you are you know physically not even you know also not present anymore and then the third part was that you are um that when you The third part was that when you are forgotten, that when you um, that you don't want to be forgotten. So those are the three parts to death. So really, in essence, it's kind of like this idea that you're never really gone if you're never really forgotten. And so it's it's great to see the icons and the imagery and, and all of these things that, you know, they want maybe want us to purchase and use and but it's also more important to remember what that where that stems from and and what that means as a healing process.
20: Yeah, definitely. I think that looking back into like where it really comes from is very very important. Now that you mentioned this idea of the three deaths, I think that's super powerful because not only is Ya de los Muertos very festive and very happy, there's a lot of uh, food, which I really, really enjoy. But aside from that, there's also um, a lot of remembering and mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a super important. Now, I want to share some something that you guys have been sharing. So um, one of you guys were sharing that they love to watch for shows on Day of the Dead and dancers uh, paint their faces as skulls. Um, someone else said that they did a little shrine for one of their dead dogs for uh, in Spanish class because it was Dia de los Muertos, so that's really cool. Cause even our pets, they're are like our family members. Um, there's also this dog that is really like particularly popular uh surrounding this idea of day of the dead which is the Sholo squinkle so if you guys have ever heard like your parents call you a squinkless it's actually because a squinkle means now Nahu- it uh, means dog in Nahuatl. fun fact guys uh so it's very interesting because even our pets are something that we remember and we keep alive by celebrating them uh but going back to this idea i also wanted to talk about the fact that I feel that Dia de los Muertos in a way is this process of letting go, like of mourning, of really expressing your emotions. Because losing someone is such a very like impactful uh, event. And it's also an event that we will all probably face at one point in our life. So I think that's very, very special about that. Now, um... We have one song by Natalela Furcarde, Hasta la Raiz. I think the song is really powerful because it talks about roots and uh, really connecting back to where it comes from. So um, feel free to keep sharing your experiences with us. Uh, after the song, we're going to continue talking about the emotions and Dia de los Muertos.
15: Cuando esqueda tu nombre en la arena blanca con fondo azul Cuando mires cielo en la forma cruel de una nube gris Aparezcas tú una tarde subo a una alta loma Mira el pasado sabrás que no te he olvidado Yo te llevo dentro hasta la raíz Y por más que crezca vas a estar aquí Aunque yo me oculte tras la montaña
20: And we are back, guys. So remember that we are listening. You're listening to What's Up, uh, WLPN Chicago 105.5, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. So we left off talking about Dia de los Muertos, and you guys are sharing some of, like, your experiences. Something that I found really uh, cool is that uh, one of you guys mentioned that one time you guys tried to make sugar skulls with your grandmother, but it really didn't work. So, it actually is really hard to make sugar skulls. Uh, I had learned about the process, and it's really, really hard. Like, I really like baking, like cookies and cakes and cupcakes, um, but making sugar skulls is, like, next level. Uh, have you ever tried making sugar skull yourself, Karina? I have not. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I would uh, be scared, but I will definitely like encourage people to try. Uh, give it another try. Um, also, some of you guys mentioned that like you've never really celebrated Day of the Dead, and you're actually not alone. So even though this is like a tradition that is rooted in Mexico, many people here in the United States don't continue it. So I think that uh, growing up, I realized that I was one of the very few within like my class or or my peers that celebrated. And it really also has to do with the region of Mexico you come from. So it's really um, complicated to talk about it. But essentially, Mexico is so diverse. We have indigenous influence from different indigenous groups. And so different parts of Mexico celebrate this uh, very differently. And so, if you're from like the central part of Mexico, you probably have more Mexica influence. And so, your celebration is going to vary from someone that lives in Chiapas, where there's more of a um, Mayan population living there. So, back to celebrations, Karina. Now, have you ever gone to Mexico during the celebration?
21: I have not. I'm actually going this year for the first time. I'm going to be going to Chiapas uh, to experience that. And I've been very fortunate enough to be able to talk to many people and see and do so much research on this tradition and learn from different Parts of, you know, people from different parts of Mexico and regions. And even within every home, it varies so differently. So it, it's nice to be able to, to grasp and modify to what, you know, fits my celebration.
20: Yeah, definitely. So I actually have a tia. She lives... Uh, Here in the United States. But every single year, she goes back. So she goes back for uh, the celebration. Which a lot of people don't actually know that. Also, aside from having altares, we also go to the graveyard. And so my tia is very special for her to go back every single year. um, And be able to honor her husband that passed away recently. My uncle. Like in his tomb. And so it's a very special celebration. Now do you want to add anything about like celebrations and what they mean to you yeah i think um it's it's very special this
21: holiday for me because it 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 is a time of mourning and a time of nostalgia and a time of remembering um and through this process of building an ofrenda and talking about our loved ones and in this beautiful way and and talking about the foods they used to eat and the objects that they used to love and placing them on their altar, it, it, it is a time of, of sadness. But at the same time, it is a, a time of happiness because you are surrounded by loved ones. You are looking at the sugar skulls, the dancing little, you know, skeletons and the colors and the animations of, of all this, this very, you know, wonderful holiday and it is a time to remember and and recognize that we are still alive to be able to celebrate this way and to um remember that we we only maybe have one time you know well we have this opportunity on earth now and so it's important to remember to heal and also to celebrate the life that we are living and to celebrate that um, life that our loved ones are no longer you know able to to do wherever they are. but for us to remember that is very important as um, a society and um, wherever you are really.
20: Yeah, definitely. And so also another thing that about celebration is the fact that a lot of people when they they might look into this celebration, They might think about it and be like oh well that's like crazy they have like all this music and they have all this food like for them like what's up with that right and so i think it's part of that even though it's called dia de los muertos day of the dead and we honor in a respectful manner those loved ones we do it in a way that they would have enjoyed right it's a party a celebration for them and so aside from that it's also a celebration of life like you said it's about remembering that we're here right. and we we are living and we have the opportunity to see each other i also want to give it a shout out to emilio um you shared with us i remember when i was little uh, i was always excited making altar de los muertos with my grandmother because for me the altar means that you are respecting the people that pass away definitely and i think growing old as i grow older because as a child, I was very excited about this too. But as I grow older, I start to realize more what death means. I think that when you're little, like people, maybe you saw like someone passed away or maybe like you've attended a funeral, but you don't quite grasp that. That's like our destiny, that we are all going to die one day. And so I think that growing up, that perception of the celebration changes so much. So it's really interesting how that happens now because this celebration is so new to the states in terms of history why um there's a lot of misconceptions a lot of people have these ideas of what it is and and some some of those are kind of a little bit like problematic um is there any misconception that maybe people have a lot of the times that you're like oh no that's not quite what happens Definitely. A lot of people, you're talking about this idea of death
21: and, you know, I think a lot of people um, fear, right? We all fear death because that's ultimately where we no longer know what happens. Um, and so I think because of that misconception, a lot of people fear the visual of a skeleton or maybe the the idea that you're playing with death, you know? But I think that's the beauty of this holiday and this satire of it is that you are playing with death. You're not taking it so, you know, personal or so... Um, serious and that you can have fun with it you can laugh with it and you can you know walk with it you know um, there's so many so many artists and, and Mexican artists that you know also have been playing with this idea for so many so long you know then right off the top of my head I'm thinking of Diego Rivera with where he's next to the skeleton and La Alameda or Jose Guadalupe Posada you know just again this these visuals and these um, it's not that, it shouldn't be that scary, right? It shouldn't be that scary, fearing the fear, or fearing death, because ultimately we need to celebrate the present, celebrate the now. And I think Dia de los Muertos is a big reminder of that.
20: Yeah. What would you tell someone that today, they just learned about Day of the Dead, they've never heard about it. What would you tell them about the feeling that this celebration brings? What kind of emotions does this spark in you? And does it spark on a lot of people that uh, partake in the celebration it's a roller
21: coaster it goes up and it goes down it goes slowly up and it goes slowly down um one minute i I was feeling really sad um and i was um maybe because i'm reading these ofrenda these applications i'm reading 92 applications and I'm going through who's being remembered and who's, you know, who who's being made an ofrenda. And I was feeling a little down and and I went home that night and I began to make my ofrenda and I began to unpack everything. And I began looking through my pictures and I began to um, to take all of that out. And it, it it was so, you know, I was crying and I was laughing and I was smiling and sharing pictures with my family. Um, And then there I was going back up again, right? My feelings are feeling, feeling more optimistic. And then, you know, seeing my ofrenda and, and what it is, right? It's, it's an altar of my, my loved ones that have passed away and it's sad again. And, And then you go back up because someone comes and sees your ofrenda and they're like, this is beautiful. And. Um, who is this and who is that? And and you know, you remember things. So it's definitely um, a roller coaster of emotions of sadness and happiness. But it, it's all you know. It it's all a process, and we need to take it as that because it, when we do that, when we ac- accept and we acknowledge these feelings, then we heal through them as well. And so we we need to do that um, more often. I feel
20: definitely. So. Um, Speaking about that, well, we're actually gonna hear a song, La Llorona, by Chavela Vargas. This song always gets me, like, feeling some special way. Um, And also, uh, next up, we're actually gonna hear from Mario. He he works at the National Museum of Mexican Art, and he has a lot of knowledge about the history of the celebration. So if there's something you've always wondered about the celebration and you just didn't know, feel free uh, to let us know, um, and we will answer those questions.
12: No sé que tienen las flores, llorona, las flores del campo santo. No sé que tienen las flores, llorona, las flores del campo santo. Que cuando las mueve el viento, llorona, parece que están llorando. Cuando las mueve el viento llorona Parece que están llorando Ay, de mí llorona Llorona, tú eres mi chunca Ay, de mí llorona Llorona, tú eres mi yunca.
20: and we are back remember you are listening to what's up on WLPN lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y yolo in little village so i am actually going to introduce my next guest mario hernandez hi mario how are you doing
22: i'm doing good thank you how about you
20: i'm doing well thank you so mario what is your experience with dia de los muertos do you celebrate did you grow up celebrating when did you learn about this celebration
22: yeah. So when um, when I was young, I heard plenty about the Day of the Dead. Although I never, um, I never grew up celebrating it. Uh, I knew the tradition existed. Um, it really wasn't until I started working at the museum back in two thousand and six um, when I was able to learn about the tradition, um, including its history uh, and. Uh, How the history translated basically this holiday uh, to contemporary Mexico.
20: That's awesome. So, we actually have some audience members that commented earlier that they had actually never celebrated Dia de los Muertos before. So, when you have these celebrations, right, and sometimes people, even if they're like Mexican of descent, sometimes they don't celebrate it here in the United States. And maybe they don't feel like a connection what do you what would you say to these people that maybe are like oh well i know people celebrate it but i really don't feel that connection do you identify with that or have you ever felt that experience before
22: uh are you referring to non-mexicanos and uh,
20: non-mexicanos and mexicanos okay.
22: both mm-hmm. yeah so um i guess to speak from my own experience uh when when i did uh learn about Día de los Muertos, i uh, i didn't feel that connected to it right so the first person that i went to ask was my mom um and uh, when I asked her what her experience was with this tradition growing up, um, she mentioned that it wasn't uh, as elaborate as it's represented today, uh, typically, um, including the um, you know uh, the making of altares and um, and you know the vibrant imagery that that we connect with it today. Um, instead, her family would simply go to the graveyard and uh, uh, leave some flowers for their loved ones um, and and basically do some praying, right? And so. I definitely learned that there was a little bit more of a uh, of a Catholic and uh, religious uh, experience with my family, I guess. After talking to her, now as far as people that don't feel connected to it, um, you know, one of the reasons that I think the Day of the Dead is growing uh, in the United States is because, although it may take some time, at the end of the day, I don't think you necessarily have to be Mexicano to understand what El Dia de los Muertos is about. Um, I think that. Uh, I think you had mentioned earlier, right? Everybody knows their final fate. And it's something that we all, in a way, should feel connected to um, as it's, a, um, it's an event, right, that, that we're all going to get familiar with. And so um, I think that, that with time, uh, the the other los Muertos will continue to grow um, again because there is that universal connection to understanding uh, death.
20: Yeah, definitely. Now, this celebration, even though we might, uh, see it more often it's still really difficult to understand and to dissect so um, where did this come from like in terms of history where does Dia de los Muertos originate?
22: Yeah so um, the Dia de los Muertos has its uh, its roots in in, in ancient Mexico um, in um, uh, pre-Columbian cultures right um, it, it, it wasn't tied down to one particular tradition instead it seems that there were a set of rituals One of the most notable ones, um, with one of the indigenous groups we hear most about uh, being the the Aztecs, who um, who were in what is now Mexico or in the area of what is now today Mexico City until the fifteen hundreds, at the arrival of the Spanish, um, they would have uh, a month long tradition that would actually take place in what is now the summer, right? Obviously the calendars have shifted uh, a bit, but um, you know, so it it goes from uh, a set of rituals that celebrated for a whole month um uh, one of the uh, of the big traditions or celebrations that was held particularly in Aztec uh, culture was uh the praying to the to the goddess of the underworld um who along with her husband the god of the underworld right would would uh um would be in charge of the of the next realm of the afterlife um with with time with the growth of catholicism uh, after the arrival of the spanish in the 1500s um you know you have new traditions and new rituals coming in um including the the, the marking of All Souls Day and All Saints Day, um, right? So with time, um, el, el, the idea of the uh, of the other los muertos, or the tradition of honoring the dead, uh, shifted and it changed as Mexico obviously was changing, right? Um, and obviously we refer to it as Mexico today, but it's 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 what, what Mexico is now, right? And so obviously Mexico looked uh, a whole lot different. Um, the a lot of the traditions and rituals that we do know about were uh, typically from central and southern Mexico and uh it 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 wasn't until later that we start to see the day of that dead as a tradition growing in the northern part of the country
20: that's so interesting i feel like when like a lot of celebrations and a lot of symbols even though we see them or we might be very used to it we don't really sometimes look into like where it comes from like for example the christmas tree it's It's something that does not come from like the United States or not native to the country of the United States. So it's really interesting to learn about the history of these. Now, there's another thing that I believe a lot of people might be curious about, and there's the skeletons. We see skeletons in Halloween, so we're used to it. But we also see a lot of skeletons in Dia de los Muertos. Why is that?
22: Yeah, so I think that it's um, I think it's understood that the skeleton or the calavera, right, can be um, can be seen as almost as universal symbol of death, right? There aren't many universal symbols that the majority of the world, um, you know, can agree on, uh, but I think that the calavera is an interesting thing, right? Because again, it's something that we all, in a way, are connected to. Uh, now, particularly as far as the imagery of the Day of the Dead in Mexico, um, one of the um, <clears throat> one of the first symbols that uh, that really became a tool to talk about death um, and its connection to people uh, was back in 1913 uh, with the creation of um, of what who we call today La Catrina, right? Which was a uh, a work on paper by Jose Guadalupe Posada, who's the most prolific printmaker in um, in the history of Mexico, and um, he created an image uh, that he originally titled La Garbancera, um, which was a uh, an image of um, what he referred to as a poor woman um, who wanted to be wealthy, right? And so uh, he, he included this this Calavera face, this skull with a big fancy hat, which was associated with, with uh, a higher social class at that time, um, right? So he uh, he titled her La Garbancera. Uh, unfortunately, Jose Guadalupe Posada, like many other great artists, didn't die the most recognized. Um, and so it really wasn't until later that uh, another very well-known artist, uh, Diego Rivera, uh, the husband of Frida Kahlo, um, borrowed her image and 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 put her in 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 one of his murals, and uh, for the first time, people were able to see this image of uh, of this garbancera, right? Or this poor woman pretending to be wealthy, but he gave her a uh, he gave her um, a body, and by giving her a body, he included a fancy dress and fancy shoes and her fancy purse, um, and so she she was no longer seen as this garbancera, as a poor woman pretending to be wealthy. She was a uh, she was a rich woman. She was wealthy. Um, but one thing that, that didn't change and that kept consistency uh, was her face, was her calavera, uh, her calavera face, right, And which uh, reminded us that poor or rich, uh, her fate was the same, right? So uh, now we use it a lot during things like El Dia de los Muertos, but uh, we also use it as a way to talk about um this one big thing that everyone does have in common right regardless of social class uh historically the reason why she was important during that time was because she was created during um during the mexican revolution right and one of the big reasons why that was sparked was uh because of the imbalance of social classes in uh in mexico um and i I think you had mentioned earlier the calaveras are are typically painted in this very festive um kind of happy way Right, um, and some people may uh, may ask, why do we mock death, right, by using these silly calaveras and these cartoonish Im- uh, images, right? But um, in a way, some people think it it's the form of ultimate respect, right, um, to to treat the calavera in, in in this silly form.
20: Definitely. So I I especially think that calaveras in Mexico uh, make me really really happy, which uh, is very different than the ones in on Halloween and. I really don't like scary things and so for me it's a relief to see these calaveras being happy and doing funny things um i think it's hilarious well we're actually going to hear a song Uh, it's called el esqueleto by victimas del uh, cerebro del doctor cerebro and so um while we're listening to the song maybe we can think of some questions that you might have regarding this uh celebration so we'll be right back Right, guys we are back you're listening to what's up uh, and we're broadcasting live from studio y in yolo in little village so we were talking and having this conversation about dia de los muertos now dia de los muertos has a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that when we look at it we might not exactly know what it's called one of the things that we see the most often are these structures some of them are very elaborate. Others are filled with these personal items from people. And, of course, also, uh, like one of you guys responded, like food, right? We love food. Um, hashtag love food. Uh, tweet it about it and Instagram it. Uh, and so what is these installations? What are they called and how do we define them?
22: Yeah, so, um, you know, as we had mentioned, the other de los Muertos um, was a, a a set of rituals. It continues to be. Uh, but now it is regarded uh, really as a public holiday in Mexico. And one of the things that that we see throughout Mexico, throughout the different regions, is the creation of altares or ofrendas, um, right? So the actual word ofrenda transla- uh, translates in English into offering. Um, the offering can be anything which is offered to the person who passed away, um, right? And so sometimes they are in the form of these altares, these structures. Uh, the word altar comes from the word alto, which means tall or high, um, and so the altares will usually be built in a, uh, almost this pyramid-like structure that goes taller uh, on every level. Um, the altares are filled with um, some of the traditional objects, uh, such as, uh, obviously, food you had mentioned is a major part of it, along with um, things like different, form- uh, different types of plants. One of the uh, most popular flowers that we see during the tradition is la flor sempasuchil, which is the, um, uh, the marigold, right? Uh, la flor uh decorates the altar. Uh, and uh, the, the traditional belief there, right, is that the brighter your ofrenda is, the more vibrant it will be for your, for your, um, uh, your loved one to find it uh, when their souls uh, are with us here during the first two days of November. Uh, the altar is also uh, now um, in more contemporary altars and, and ofrendas. One of the things we're seeing now is the use of, uh, of personal belongings, right, which we start to see uh, a little bit more.
20: That's really interesting. Now, aside from these structures, uh, like you had mentioned a little bit in the history, this celebration kind of sparks from, or one of the uh, indigenous groups that it comes from is uh, the Aztecs, right? And so their celebration was the whole month. But you also mentioned that now we only celebrate it on two days, November 1st and November 2nd. Something that I find very interesting about the celebration is that it's divided by age groups. So... On November first, we celebrate children, and on the second, we celebrate adults. So, where does it come, like the celebration of of children, and why is it relevant?
22: Yeah. So, um, as you had mentioned, November first is, is is typically, depending on the region, right? Um, it uh, it it marks or it it celebrates children particularly. Uh, some in some places in Mexico, it's still referred to as La Noche de los Angelitos, uh, referring to the children, right? And so, um, I guess in traditional fashion children come first, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it is considered that el, el primero de noviembre, the first of November, um, you would celebrate kids that passed away in families, the altares and the ofrendas will obviously look a little bit different compared uh, to somebody who you are honoring uh, as an adult, right? And so some of the things, for example, the beverages that we use um, in, in una ofrenda for adults, you wouldn't find uh, maybe uh, champurrado as often or hot chocolate, right? Something that you can expect uh, a child uh, to drink, right? Versus a big pot of coffee, for example, right? Uh, the, uh, the altar will also change depending on the personal belongings. You can expect to see more toys uh, on the altares versus uh, in an ofrenda for an adult, right? Uh, November 2nd is referred to as la noche de los difuntos, uh, which you can translate into, I guess, the night of the dead and um, where um, everyone is celebrated, including adults
20: something else that i think was something that living in 2017 really impacted me is the fact that thankfully we live in like a place where we don't have like high mortality rates but back in history and in many countries today like ch- that is common like children die like very often or more often than we see here in the states and so i think it's like really special to have like a day for for the for these uh, children and for these souls that really were never able to grow here on Earth, uh, another thing that I think is really uh, cool is the fact that uh, many women and it's something that is not spoken about uh, might miss Gary sometime uh, in their life, and so having that space for not only for like you to like mourn that child but also mourn like that experience and really talk about it and share it uh, in the celebration as well. Now, sugar skulls, they're everywhere. Mm
22: -hmm.
20: Where does that come from? And why do we see so many of them in the United States?
22: Yeah, so uh, the sugar skull, the the calavera de azúcar, which is uh, typically mostly made of nothing but sugar, uh, is one of the sweet treats found um, in in some altares and really not even just in altars, but um, throughout the celebration. uh, The sugar skull is often gifted to someone as well. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be Um, given or offered to somebody who passed away right Uh, one of the things that we see is that the calavera de azúcar has the the name of a person on the forehead uh, either the person who passed away or the person who you're gifting it to right but the calavera de azúcar really is considered to be uh, more uh, of an artesanía Uh, it is a a form of art there are a handful of families in mexico that are still creating these calaveras de azúcar um, right i'm not sure if you talked about the process at all Right, but but the, okay. the the calavera de azúcar uh, again is typically made of of um, the primary ingredient of sugar, uh, but it's uh, it's decorated with icing, uh, and they use a little bit of egg white and uh, a food coloring, obviously, to give it the color, right? Uh, but it is considered a form of artesanía. And uh, at the museum, one of the families that's been coming for many years is la familia Mondragón from El estado de Toluca, uh, who who come to the museum every year and um, and do demonstrations on how the calavera is created.
20: Yeah, that's awesome. Cause they are seen very often now. One of our audience members said, "Uh, what does it mean when you leave water on the grave for a lost, a loved one?"
22: Uh, it, like a glass of water. Yeah, like water. Mean. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the glass of water um is 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 considered to be one of the elements of the ofrenda. It's it, it's an offering of beverage to the soul, right? Uh, if if you do believe that the souls would return and they have to go through this journey to come from the afterlife back here to us. Um, You can expect them, just like any other guest that you have in your home, to be thirsty and to be hungry, right? Um, And so it's important that we offer them something to drink. Uh, Obviously, that's going to change depending on uh, on the family, right? Some families won't want to leave agua or uh, they may want to leave something else. Uh, Another huge thing to keep in mind about the objects found on these altares, um, uh, again, going back to the social status, right? Uh, If you are a family that's living in poverty compared to someone else in another town, uh, you can expect the ofrenda to not be as elaborate, and not have as much food, or uh, not have different uh, types of uh, of offerings. Just something very simple, uh, as they tend to be slightly more limited during things like this.
20: Yeah, definitely. Now, when people like think about food being left in the altar and like water and drinks for the souls, a lot of the times it's really complicated because, uh, especially like younger kids, they're like, "Well, like, do the ghosts come and like take the food?" So what? believe is surrounding this idea of food what happens to the food
22: for sure yeah so I think uh, I guess it's important to understand that it, it is a little bit more symbolic right um, it, It's uh, there, ha- there have been students that have come in and asked us uh, can you see the souls can you see the people coming back right uh, and so for some people right it, it may be literal obviously we can't take that away uh, for some people it may be symbolic um, and so the, the idea here is that um, that if you leave food out Right. We eat with them as well. So it's not something that we're going to just uh, expect to leave a, a plate of food and have them eat it. And, uh, you know, so the uh, the food is is definitely also for us. Uh, one of the interesting things that I remember hearing at the museum from a student once was that it seemed that uh, the, this tradition is not just for the dead, but it's really for us, too. Right. And um, it helps us mourn. Um, uh, it, it helps us cope with the loss of a loved one. Um, and it helps us remember them, right? Uh, another really interesting thing that I remember hearing from a visitor is that uh, one of the big reasons why he was afraid to die, if not the only one, was that uh, at some point nobody would remember him, right? And then that's that's when you're really dead, right? Um, and so, um, yeah.
20: Yeah, that's really interesting because, well, celebrating Dia de los Muertos myself, uh, the ofrendas always placed by my room, which I don't understand why, but uh, that night... Is you see a lot of things, or maybe it's just like this feeling that you already kind of had have, but well, one like water evaporated. But uh, I do feel like the drinks do get lower, and I do feel like the food tastes very different. <laughs> and so I think it's a little bit of both, like the symbolism, and also like thinking that that is what happens, um, and experiencing it. And I think it's really magical and like metaphysical, which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, so if you guys have any questions, uh, we will feel free to answer it in the chat. But thank you very much for participating. We are coming to the end of our show. Thank you very much, Mario, for being here. We're actually going to end uh, with a song uh, called Beso de Muerto. So hopefully you enjoy it. And hopefully this show uh, taught you a lot about Dia de los Muertos and what it means. Um, And now on November 1st and 2nd, maybe you can share with your peers what you learned. Okay. Thank you.
0: On social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at YolokaliArtsReach.org for more. We